So the reason why you don't have all the money you need right now to do everything that you meant to do in your lifetime is because you were not meant to finance every dream That's and it. every business inside of you, That's right? It. Some of it was meant for you to use and utilize all the people's money, the bank's money, using debt, using recession to build wealth, right? Being a good steward. Yeah. So Over most, what you have and then what comes in. Yeah. So most um, people became really wealthy. You know, most billionaires become even more wealthier, right? In recession. Because mm -hmm. you understand, when people are afraid to spend, that's the best time that debt is cheap. That's the best time to use debt to build wealth. Hello, rich friends. Welcome to another episode of the New Rich Podcast, the number one show and podcast for entrepreneurs, where we teach entrepreneurs and creators how to be successful with their online business, personal finance, and how the brain works and everything in between. And I have my co-host with me today, Dr. Faith Abraham. Say hello. Hi. Hello, Richies. <laughs> Welcome back. Awesome. Awesome. So good to see you all here. If this is your first time here, please make sure that you like, comment, subscribe, and share with five rich friends that you want to also learn one or two things or glean one or two things from this episode. So now, Dr. Faith, how was your week? It was busy. Okay. But I'd rather be busy than broke. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I'd rather be busy than broke. I'd rather <laughs> be busy than bored. So that's a good thing when I say busy. How about you? It was busy uh, recording podcasts and, you know, hiring, interviewing. Uh, yeah. Our company is growing. And uh, this year we just decided to go crazy with it. You know, uh, one of the ways to people stay small in their business, they try to do too much. Right, and uh, let me just stay right now. This episode I've never started, yes. but <laughs> but let me just <laughs> yeah, let me just give a quick uh, you know good stuff to some entrepreneur out there. The fastest way to grow your business this year is to hire people. I need to hire competent people. Hire people who add joy <laughs> to your life because entrepreneurship is already hard and tough by itself. So make sure you hire people with right attitude, positive, joyful, and skillful too that can take things off your plate. Because yeah. the most valuable asset an entrepreneur have is their mind and their brain and their time. So as long as you have somebody or people to help you take things off your plate, it will help your business to be successful faster. So it's been a busy week with hiring, interviewing, uh, you know, you know, just growing the team. Because this year we want to really serve entrepreneurs and creators. Yes. Want to really help them to start and grow their business to so six, seven, eight, even nine figures. So we put in the machinery and the structure in place, you know, just like the scripture says, uh, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So being that solid foundation so that we can empower, serve, and help more entrepreneurs this year. So for you, is there anything specific about your week? I know it's been busy. What have you been busy doing? Yeah, well, one of the things that I was doing was I was paying off my credit card. Yay! 
let's just <laughs> let me just uh, take the road less uh, traveled real okay. quick here. I in our relationship, for those of you who don't know, we are married. Been married for eighteen years. I'm counting. And, <laughs> and throughout the course of our relationship, our marriage, I have been the spender. Oh Lord. <laughs> I and play the fifth. The, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And he is the saver. Mm-hmm. He is the calculator. He's like, did you go over budget this month? You look like you went over budget. Why did you buy this? There's packages at the door for you. Like all of that. That's him. Yeah. Me, I'm not. I'm like, why didn't you just buy something? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like my wife is addicted to Amazon. Like, <laughs> she can't live without a package coming to the house every day or every no, other day no, or go know. somewhere and not buy something. I can go to the mall and just walk around. I can go to a fancy place, walk around, just experience the place without any pressure or any feeling to buy something. But it's not the case for her, but... Let's, let's, let's... (laughs) Chedekwe, let's really talk about this. The truth is, when you get a package, Mm -hmm. it lights up the kid in you. Yes or yes. Exactly. Not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I like to save. When you get a package, especially, and you didn't know there was going to be a package for you. Mm -hmm. Aren't you curious? Don't don't. If I didn't have to buy it, I'll be happy. That's the one I enjoy. Are you handy? Thank you. But no, I've I've gotten so much better. And yes, you have. I'll give that to you. Twenty twenty three. Somebody record it, but it's we're recording. Okay, let's document this moment. He said yes, yes, I am getting better. I am getting better because I'm actually writing down. The things that I'm purchasing, even if it's a quick trip to Starbucks, mm-hmm. if it's something for the kids, like I have a ledger and I'm writing it down so that yeah. I can see because when I swipe, I don't feel it. Mm. I don't. And I realize that I do have an emotional connection with spending. Ooh. I enjoy it. Okay, you got to unpack that a little bit. Yes. Emotional connection to spending. Yes. There's some rich friends watching right now that probably also have an emotional connection with spending. <laughs> Here's the thing. And this is so poignant, especially with what we're talking about today, because we feel like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business mm-hmm. owner now. Things are just going to work out. But you don't realize that as an entrepreneur, you're you're carrying all of your habits, all of your deficits, all of your stuff with you as an entrepreneur. So it's not like, oh, I'm not that good with my spending as a person. All of a sudden, magically, I'm just going to become so good with my spending as an entrepreneur. It doesn't work like that. There's no magic to it. However you are as an individual is how you are as an entrepreneur. And so when you start looking at debt and you look at your habits and Mm -hmm. you realize you do have an emotional connection to spend, for me... Growing up, I didn't always have the ability to spend. Spend, yeah. It was always, you know, I'm the oldest of five. So I have to think about everybody else. I have to think about everything yeah. else. I have to consider and this. And parents were not very, that. they were not rich. No, they're immigrants. At the, yeah, at the time. So at the time, they were building. Yeah. Well, you're not going to go out there and just spend whatever you want. Me, I was a Lisa Frank addict. For those of you who know, you know. Lisa Frank was everything to me. Yeah. But you can't just go out 
and just buy all this stuff and yeah. buy the babysitters clubs because a new book episode book came out and like that was my thing back then. So now as an adult and I have money, it's like I'm going to get what I want because I want it. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, you kind of do the same thing even if it's a premature purchase. Mm -hmm. And so that's how a lot of entrepreneurs end up in more debt mm -hmm. than they're supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. And they're spending buying this course, that course, that thing, that thing, mm -hmm. this thing, that thing. Oh, I need to buy this. Oh, I need to get that. Oh, this is once I buy this, I'm going to mm -hmm. be able to put content out. But you still don't put out content because it's not about the content. Wow. It's about the emotional connection that you have to the money. To money. Hey, I'm Uyi Abraham, founder and CEO of Vonza.com. And I'm Faith Abraham, co-founder of Vonza.com. Yes, I we created Vonza. I want to make it so easy, simple for online entrepreneurs, coaches, and creators to run their business online. Because we know how difficult it is to try to run a business online. I have to deal with several tools and try to tie them all together, wasting time and money. Absolutely. And so it just makes sense to have a platform that has everything you need to run your business online seamlessly in one place, like your website, your funnels, your online courses, membership community, scheduling, and a lot more things that are really going to help you be the best at what you do. Vonza has made it easy for over 10,000 entrepreneurs to run their business online. So move away from the old and come into the new. Go right now to Vonza.com and get started to running your business online. Remember, Vonza is the best platform to run your business online. Yeah. We'll see you right there. Bonza.com. Bonza.com. And this is why this episode is so important. This is episode number two. Dos. So this is why this episode is so important, talking about how to use debt to become rich. Because this is what right. billionaires have done. Correct. Right? Are but doing. Poor do. people... Broke people, right? They use debt to stay poor. Yeah. They use debt to, you know, to to stay on, you know, under the radar, to stay in a disadvantaged position because mm -hmm. maybe they because they've not heard this podcast or somebody have not taught them on how debt is good. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be a good place for us to start because get into it. you know, you were raised by immigrant parents. Mm -hmm. I was raised in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I was raised by my grandma. Uh, and uh, my grandma, she was, at the time I thought we were okay, but looking back now, we we're kind of below middle class, right? She was wealthy at some point, you know, single mother, built five homes, and, uh, you know, That's building a big deal, a big deal uneducated, mm -hmm. uneducated single mother, never went to school a day. Mm -hmm. My grandma never read a book. Never went to school, not because she was not intelligent or not because she didn't want to, but because her dad mm -hmm. did not, you know, take her to school because at the time in Africa, they felt like women were like property of their husband, of their husband. So to them was the point spending money to invest to educate her daughter yes. when she's going to end up in the kitchen anyway, mm -hmm. where the husband would never allow to go to work right. with this. So what's the that point, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how they put, you know, the, the females, the daughters in that kind of educational bondage. So she never had the opportunity to go to school because that would never sponsor her to go to to go to school. But still, yes, yeah, she learned a skill. Mm -hmm. She learned tailoring. 
and she learned trading. Yeah. And so with that, she was able to start like a petty trader type stuff, like buying, you know, snacks and groceries and selling. Then she went into tailoring. Then she traveled to Lagos, which was like four hours south from Benin. And then she buy clothes and sell. She go to Onitcher. And my grandma learned multiple languages. She could speak Benin, Yoruba fluently, Igbo somewhat, because she was always trading in those areas, right? And, you know, and she built, you know, five houses as a single woman, which was very, very amazing, you know. But but then she diabetes complications, she started losing her sight, then started losing her income. And at the time I was born, her money was going down and down and down. Mm. And so I told this in a story one episode before, which a lot of people really, really connected with how growing up, you know, what some of my fondest memories was that we only ate chicken, mm-hmm. you know? Like when I say chicken, means like a full leg or a full thigh or a full breast. That only happens twice a year, right. which was Christmas and Easter Sunday. That was it, right? We only really ate rice mostly on Sundays. And rice was the favorite food growing up, yeah. you know? So I remember too, uh, things were so bad that, and she was raising me, my brothers, and other people in the house mm-hmm. that other, like, other kids, kids in the house, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, it was hard to get a full boiled egg to yourself. So to get egg on Sundays, which was the number one day we eat egg and rice is a boiled egg. You have to cut into like at least four pieces. Mm-hmm. So whatever piece you have, that's the protein that you eat with the carbs, the rice, you know, mm-hmm. uh, head of fish and all those kind of situations. So growing up like that, so I experienced poverty trauma, yes. you know, which a lot of people, if you grew up in poverty, lack, or whereby money was always an issue or money was always a conversation in the house, you yourself, you are a victim of poverty trauma, but mm-hmm. you probably don't know it yet, yeah. right? So... Growing up there, so all I heard was, you know, get out of debt. Debt is not good. You know, don't borrow money. Don't use credit cards. Credit card is only for emergency. Mm-hmm. Credit card is only, you know, for for that extra thing when things are not working well, just yeah. to rescue you, right? Yeah. You know, stay away from debt. And then growing, growing up in church too, in the Word of Faith movement, and all we heard was debt-free living, debt-free living, debt-free living. We sound that was, you know, kind of hypocritical because a lot of these churches were teaching debt-free living were borrowing money to buy, be, build bigger buildings and right. carrying mortgages, mortgages and having so debt. More people can come in. So more people come so to the church. So they were leveraging debt, they were, but not teaching the people how to leverage debt. Exactly. And they were talking like debt-free, that God wants to be debt-free, don't owe nobody but love and all of that stuff. So that further conditioned me for poverty trauma. Because you were already... So here's the thing, because mm-hmm. you already had a programming that was... <clears throat> excuse me, was debt is bad. Yeah. So hearing those messages perpetuated that programming that you had yeah. versus someone else who knows that debt is, knows how to leverage debt. Yeah. If they were hearing those messages, it would uh, further propagate them in a different way than you yes. because of the programming that you had. Exactly. So the programming conditioned me for poverty and lack because right. I was scared of debt, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't touch anything that was close to debt, 
you know, it took a long time to be able to buy a home, partly because I just wanted to rent and pay my bills and don't worry about debt or mortgage or anything like that, you know. But then when we started, when we started uh, learning about how to become wealthy, how to build wealth, I was building our, we're going to come up with a word, our richness or our rich, <laughs> whatever. I was always trying to, you know, pretty much working to become rich and mm-hmm. get on that rich ladder. I began to study billionaires and same too with you dr faith so we studied billionaires and millionaires and we found that especially when you live in america in fact anywhere in the world mm-hmm. right the society the culture was never built for anybody to use their own money to become wealthy that's right so to become wealthy you have to leverage debt mm-hmm. you have to use debt to get wealthy to become rich right that's what they call opm or the people's, people's money. money right so what was your experience before we kind of kind of go deep into it hey stay tuned battle get really really good but what's been your experience with uh you know debt but debt is bad debt is not good and you know maybe growing up or through your environment or what you've heard from society what's been your experience with that uh up to before we you know, kind of understood that debt is good. Debt is your friend. It is. Um, For me, I had um, the same thing, which was uh, poverty programming. When you have immigrants, they're, you know, coming from a different country. You're literally starting all over again. So I was born when my parents were literally starting. So they're growing up now in a new country and I'm growing up with them. And so in the home, it was Nigeria. But once I left home, I was in America. So it was like this juxtaposition of of me and my life. And so for with them, it was, you know, a penny saved is a penny earned. Yeah. Money does not grow on trees. Stop asking me for stuff. And my dad is a true evil man. Okay. (laughs) And he would like I would have I had a a set of friends. They were twins. And one was super skinny like I was. And then the other one was like she was more curvy. And so the skinny one like had this growth spurt or what have you. But they would have clothes. And so the uh, their mom was like, oh, I put all this stuff together for you. Cause I know you guys are the same size, but she's like taller than you. Cause she just had this growth spread out of nowhere. And I was like, thank you. I don't care what the reason is. Give me all the clothes. And I remember this one thing very distinctly and I had gotten dressed to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, where did you get these clothes? Cause he knew he had not bought me anything new. So he pretty much had memorized my, my closet. Yeah. And so I came out with these new clothes. And I was like, Oh, my friend gave it to me. He was like, Take it off. Take it off. Give it back. I don't beg no man for nothing. I don't, you know, like he was going off and I was like, <laughs> like shocked. Like, what is the big deal? And he was like, no, absolutely not. And to this day, like that, I, even as I'm telling that story, I'm seeing everything happen. I remember the outfit. It was like a little leather black skirt and this mm-hmm. bright popping orange um yellow top i was cute you can't tell me nothing and he was like take it off and give her all her stuff back i was so embarrassed and her mom was just like it's okay you know not not everybody likes that stuff so i get it i was i didn't care i was embarrassed <laughs> but that really stuck with me and conditioned me to always feel like it was never enough. So I never felt like I had enough. I started working at like 15, 15, 16. Mm -hmm. And I was 
going to school. I was running track. I was going to work. I was pay. I my, when my, when I finally got my car in high school, my dad was paying yeah. for my car, but I was paying for my gas and for my insurance. Yeah. So if I was giving anybody a ride, no, you got to put five on it quickly or I'm not picking you up. So I was always in that hustle, like trying to figure out how to get more money, how to get more money. And so that followed me into, um, my later years. And so in entrepreneurship, I would start a business. I would make all this money in the beginning and then it would just start decreasing. No matter what I did, it just kept decreasing, decreasing. And so then I start a new business and I make all this money and it kept decreasing. I'm like, what in the world? Like I didn't even realize what was happening, but it was this money roller coaster that I was on yeah. and I just could not figure it out. So I could get myself to make a lot of money, mm-hmm. get out of debt, but then I'd end up right back in debt because my money would slow down, but my spending wouldn't slow down. Wow. Yikes. So yeah, that was my money roller coaster that I was on for a long time until we really started doing um, that individual work yeah. and studying and becoming yeah. knowledgeable. Yeah. And then just also training myself um, to understand what I didn't know about money. Yeah, that's so important. You know, and one of the things that really helped us too was, you know, learning, studying investing in coaches, yes. uh, mentors, yes. reading books, hundreds and hundreds of books, hundreds and hundreds of, you know, tapes and yep. podcasts and all of these things and really learning and understanding that debt is good, mm-hmm. right? That even God never meant for you to use all your money to build all the wealth that he has for you. Because if that was so, then God would have given you all the money you need to build wealth. Right. right. So the reason why you don't have all the money you need right now to do everything that you meant to do in your lifetime is because you were not meant to finance every dream That's and it. every business inside of you. That's right. It. Some of it was meant for you to use and utilize all the people's money, the bank's money, using debt, using recession to build wealth. Right? Being a good steward. Yeah. So Over most, what you have and then what comes in. Yeah. So most um, people became really wealthy. You know, most billionaires become even more wealthier, right? In recession. Because mm-hmm. you understand, when people are afraid to spend, that's the best time that debt is cheap. That's the best time to use debt to build wealth. A good example recently is Elon Musk, right? I think Elon Musk at the time, I know he's... he's Network came down a lot. Yeah. By the time, I think it was over $200 billion network, right? Or net worth. So, but when he wanted to buy Twitter, he didn't liquidate his assets. He didn't liquidate, I mean, liquidated some, Mm -hmm. but not all. He didn't liquidate all of his assets, all of, he didn't sell all of his stocks in in Tesla so he can afford it. What did he do? He went to banks and wealthy individuals. He utilized other people's money Mm -hmm. to acquire Twitter. So if a billionaire, Elon Musk, can use other people's money, even though he could afford it personally, right, to buy Twitter, so should you. So maybe your next dream car, dream house, business, investment in coaching, whatever the case is, maybe you should think of using debt for it. Yeah. Not even maybe you should, right? Absolutely. But that's one of the reasons why credit is good. Credit is so very good. So you build credit at least 700. You have to go to banks, credit unions, whatever the case is, get that funding, right? With low interest rate now. Because a lot of people, they talk about 
um, business credit, business credit, business loan. But then they give you, you get this twenty percent interest rate, which 29%. is ridiculous. Twenty nine percent. That interest be eating people up. Yeah, because how you setting you back that, exactly. Right? So the flip need, is hard. You need a lower interest rate. Seven percent and below is really decent, right? And okay. there are banks, credit unions. Uh, you know, QuickBooks and the rest that will give you really cheap capital, right? And that's, you know, and that's what you do. So what do you do? For example, if you even get like $20,000 credit card or loan for about 7%, right? My math might be off, but your interest might be just a little bit over 100 and something dollars a month. Mm -hmm. If you get it for like one or two years payback period, right? Mm -hmm. So literally you have $20,000 to flip to spend in that money, to buy that merchandise, inventory, software, whatever it is you need for your business, right? And you have one year to pay it off. Mm -hmm. So you have one year to take that $20,000 debt, right, with low interest rate and flip it, right, so that you make more profit. At least if you can flip it, if you can double it, you're going to make $40,000. Mm -hmm. And then you just pay your $20,000 debt and the interest rate. And you can still come across, you know, come on top at least another $15,000 there about. Of course, I'm just giving like a rough, rough estimate, yeah. right? For example, a house, right? Mm -hmm. When you, you know, instead of just trying to pay a house off at the beginning, if you're not very, very wealthy, at least you should have cash 10 times Cash, not asset, 10 times what the value of the house is before you should even think about paying it off, right? Because if you buy a house of 500000 you know, instead of giving the bank $500,000 and really not getting anything back, you know, put 10% down, right? Then that 10% of 500000 that's $50,000. So then you also have another 450000 that you can grow and stretch, and then you pay the house off in five to seven years, right? Where you've invested and multiplied the $450,000 instead of just giving it all to the bank mm -hmm. and making nothing out of it. So, Debt is good. You know, use debt, get cheap debt, and use other people's money to build wealth. So you said that two times. So let's break that down a little bit. You said cheap debt. Yeah. So cheap debt is when you get uh, maybe someone, a lender, funding, or what have you, and what you're getting has a low interest rate. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't realize that when they borrow money, even if you're going to get a car, you're getting your house, you're getting funding or what have you, that that interest rate, let's say your payment is $400 a month, you're actually paying maybe $300 in interest yeah, and then only $100 to the principal. And so people are paying the 400, not realizing that that interest is really eating up at them, making it a slower turn, yes. a slower turn for them to pay that debt off. So a cheap debt is having, let's say if it's a $400 payment of the $400, let's say $100, let's flip it around, right? So $100 is the interest going towards the interest and then 300 is going to the principal. Or if it's $400 and it's 300 that's going to the interest, then you need to put some more on it yeah. every month so that, that you can knock out that debt a lot faster. Yeah. 
cheap debt. Yeah, cheap okay. debt. Yeah, but sometimes gotcha. too, you know, uh, you you know, sometimes debt might not be cheap. Okay, if it's strategic, right? Good. You know, maybe there's a, a big a good deal coming. Mm-hmm. You know that you could make let's say five hundred thousand dollars profit of this of it, and 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 the the interest is high. But you've seen your numbers. Your numbers look good, right? And then you know that you can. Flip that money fast and, you know, pay a little bit more in interest, but you already know your numbers so well that you're going to come up on top. You're going to be profitable. Then you might try that. But if you, but, but I don't like too much risky stuff like that. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. you just try to work on your credit and just get a, a cheap debt, five to 7% interest rate mm-hmm. over an, a year period of time or thereabout, mm-hmm. right? And then you just use that. Even uh, Vons Studio, um, we, where we're recording this podcast, uh, uh, right here. You know, when we got this place, you know, when you get a new building or a new stuff, you always underestimate what it will require. Oh yeah. At first, I was like, okay, we can just get the studio together with like ten thousand dollars, right? But then when we got in here, the vision got bigger. I went lights <laughs> and cameras and this and the other, you know. So now it will require a lot more investment. So what I did was that instead of using my own personal funds that could allocate into something else, I went to I went for get business funding of fifty thousand dollars. Right? Mm-hmm. I ended up spending forty thousand in the studio to get it ready, right? But instead of using my own personal money, I went to the bank, got cheap debt, right? And I used that money to fund the studio and do everything that we needed to do. And then within the first three months or so, you know, the studio already made enough money that to pay off that debt. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So pretty much I got the studio for free by just using other people's money. Instead of using my own personal money, right? Now, here's the thing, because our, our richies listen to brokies. Yeah. And there's a lot of brokies on social media. Yeah. And they'll say, well, you have money. Why are you borrowing money? If you're so rich, why not just spend your own money? If you got it like that, then why don't you have uh, designer luggage? And why don't you have this? And why don't Good you question. have that? Let's talk to our rich friends because our rich friends need to know what's really going on. Yeah. I think you're, you're on to something, but let, let's hit it home because they're going to be on social media. They're going to go in the comment section and they are literally questioning people based on things. Yeah. But you're not basing richness or wealth on things versus the ability to create more. Yeah. Very, very good point. And also too, you know, I think there's something, you know, I think it might be the term, the rich system. There's a rich system, right? The rich system have principles and okay. pillars that will help anybody to become rich and wealthy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And one of it, like we said earlier, is using debt. Many people that talk like that and say, oh, if you're that wealthy, why don't you just use your own money? Why don't you? They don't understand how wealth and the rich system works. Right. They don't understand it. You know, if you look at very wealthy people, they hold the lot they hold the most as well right i think grant cadon said uh, i think he's a billionaire now in one of his episodes he said that he has it holds banks i think three billion dollars that's where he holds bank but he's a billionaire why don't he just pay it off you don't you just use other people's money yeah that's what is a system Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. you don't Mm -hmm. why should you pay it off when you can use that money for something else 
where you can always use that money, their money, pay them little interest, right? Mm-hmm. And use that money to make more money, right? Because the because banks are making want, money off of you. The banks are making money off of you. So you can use the bank to make money. money. So use the bank's money to make money off them. Mm-hmm. Because they're already making money off, off you. Of you. Mm-hmm. Your deposits, <laughs> your checking system, yep. your you know your savings, they make profit from it and they don't give you any power of it. That's right. Right? So now it's your turn to play the game on them. Mm-hmm. Use the bank money to make money off them. Right? So we're going to do an episode on why people should not keep money in the bank. So mm. that's going to be really, really, really awesome. But what you, what's, what's your thought on... Uh, no, I think this... I mean, this is the kind of stuff and understanding and awareness that I really needed um, years ago. But I had to spend a lot of time, effort, reading, things like that to acquire this, this knowledge. And understanding that too, I, I realized that a lot of the debt that I had was just debt to stay afloat, mm. not to have debt that was going to make more money for me yeah. or create wealth for me. Mm. I wasn't I didn't I wasn't acquiring debt like that. I was acquiring debt just to stay afloat. And that's what like, most people do. Correct. And I, like at one they, point I was so broke yeah. that I was using my credit cards to pay my rent. Oh, now let me say right now to our rich friends, right? That's literally what I was doing. Don't I use I debt to live. You use debt to invest. You use debt to make more money. Yeah. You don't use debt to survive. Yeah. If you use debt to survive or try to stay afloat, it's going to drown you. It does. You use does. debt to make more money. You use debt for opportunities. You use debt to build wealth and assets. That's the right way to use debt. And so what I had ended up having to do was use the knowledge I had and start serving people because now content creation, digital products, eBooks and all that stuff. It's, it's hot stuff now. But back when I was doing it, there was no Vonza. There was, I was sending people. So, okay. So I had boss lady and that's when I started website design and, um, creating business cards and things like that. So I started making money alongside of my job. So I had a side hustle. And so that side hustle was what was now helping me to start knocking down the debt. Then from having that side hustle, I was then able to take the knowledge I had of how to get clients, how to design websites, how to create graphics. And then I started teaching that. Mm. I also started teaching my understanding of interpreting dreams. We both um, did that course together. Um, I started teaching how I was able to heal from a lot of the trauma and uh, things that I had went through. And I started serving people in that capacity. So back then we didn't have Vonza. I was telling people I could do this. I would have to give them a PayPal so they can pay me. Once I saw the PayPal, I would turn around, go into my email (laughs) and send them the course via email so that they could learn what I had overcome and what I had learned. So that was how I was able to get myself out of the hole of debt before the whole knowledge industry age that we're in right now. So it was a literal climb like climbing through and getting myself out from the hole I dug myself in now if if I had if I was in that position where I was paying my rent on my credit card now I would still do it 
with the knowledge that you just gave. Yeah. Because what I would do is I would pay my rent on my credit card, but I would be creating content like no man's business in my apartment because I'm a pretty organized person. I like to think everything has a place. Everything has order. I color coordinate my closet, like all that stuff. And people are like, oh, this is so nice. And I'm like, yeah, your closet doesn't look like this, too. Oh, OK. <laughs> like I would take that and create content and then put that out there so that I can generate income with that content to now help me get out of that hole. So I know there's some richies like you may be rich mentally. You may be rich in your spirit, but you're right now your bank account, your credit score. Some of that stuff isn't reflecting how you feel that you are on the inside. This is the type of stuff that can get you so that you're external life reflects what's happening on the inside of you and who you are on the inside, which is a wealthy person. It's a rich person. You are a richie. You're just having to go through that process of getting there Yeah, because it is a process. Yeah. It's a process, you know, and I think just the information, the mindset is the first place to start. That's the first place. To really begin to, you know, build this wealth and become rich, you know, and that's one reason we're doing these episodes. Um, let me see right now, this episode is sponsored by Vonza.com. Dot com, the number one online platform for you to run your online business. Awesome. With Vonza, you can create courses, memberships, websites, everything you need to start and grow your online business all in one place. So start your free trial at Vonza.com. So to wrap up this episode, uh, what would you say to somebody right there that might be, you know, still kind of struggling in their thoughts if debt is good for them or how, what would you say to them? I would say tap into your future self. Don't operate from a place of where you are right now, whatever poverty influence, whatever trauma influences that you have, what would your future self do? If you're looking at, in, you know, embarking in debt, tap into your future thought process. What would the future millionaire in me do? What would future uh, millionaire say in this situation and operate from there because that's what's really going to help you you're a millionaire on the inside and that's where it starts if you don't see yourself as a millionaire you'll never become it it starts on the inside first and then it transcends outside of you into your bank account awesome so that's going to be it for this episode and we're going to see you in the next one so just remember that debt is good debt is your friend and use debt to your advantage. We'll see you in the next episode. See ya, Richies. Bye for now. <laughs>